Today's guest has a steep background in sales and digital. Now, now listen up. She is somebody who believes in transformation, and we all know that transformation is easy, right? No, it isn't. She has a very unique view of the radio business and businesses in general making a transition to include more digital. This is very important for anybody in the radio business. I feel like this episode is going to be fun and informative, especially if you're in the sales arena, but also for programming. Uh, Listen, as you learned, her background, her work background involves the words chief revenue officer. We know what responsibility comes with that and digital leadership. She's been a part of a tech startup, maybe two, and she gives valuable experience to anyone uh, who's had it, or that gives her valuable experience. Now, look, Today, she is with a very well-known broadcast company. And of course, this sounds like somebody, the kind of person that we would like to talk to on our podcast. Welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast. Our goal is always the same, to encourage radio pros at all levels. If you are a regular listener of this podcast, you know that we drop fresh weekly episodes featuring a radio pro every single Sunday. And to enjoy our podcast, you only have to be interested in others, be open to encouragement, advice, connections, tools to get ahead, and ways to make your radio career more profitable and successful. That sounds promising, doesn't it? Each week, we have an opportunity to see a snapshot of an individual in our business right now. And it also allows uh, us to see radio from a different perspective, a different career arc, and to hear how this person is embracing radio right now. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works, or what we call ourselves, RPC. Our practice is what we call an actual multiplier. We help local radio generate both higher ratings and higher revenue, and it's just this simple. When we go to work for a client and they follow our collaborative process because we work for them and our strategy, their revenue and profit margin rises. That sounds like two important things, right? Ideas are the new technology. Where do your ideas come from? Do you have enough? Are your local radio stations programmed and positioned to collect the most revenue in your local market today? Do you need better sales recruitment strategy? We can help you. Schedule a meetup by email. It's easy. First consultation is free, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. We're just a, a minute or less away from uh, away from welcoming today's guest, Keely Byers. She is the general manager, market manager for NRG Media and Omaha, Nebraska. A big thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which we make available within minutes after we record the live interview in all of our social media. And of course, it drops on the podcast itself. Thank you to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. No matter who you are, if you're in the radio business or you like the radio business, you can see what you can get for free from our team in our free blog section at Rainmaker pathway.com including our weekly encouraging sales success series and our more than live and local series right now let's see what we can learn from this week's guest keely welcome to the encouragers the radio rally podcast how are you i'm great lloyd how are you i'm good you know i think everybody knows 
that your town is where Warren Buffett lives. So you guys hang out, you play, uh, you play games together. Oh yeah. We, we meet up all the time. <laughs> He's no. your buddy, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, um, listen, where did you grow up? I actually grew up down the road from Omaha and Lincoln, Nebraska. So I've been a mid Midwest girl my whole life. Oh, that must give you some extra, that that's kind of extra special when you're close to home. It it just seems like you know it better, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so you know, look, you don't have what I would call a traditional radio path, and that's good for this interview today. I want to know what was the first experience you had as a radio listener? Oh gosh, uh, when I was a kid, my friends and I we would listen. I think it was like Friday or Saturday nights where you could call into the radio station and dedicate songs to people. Uh, and then we'd wait and listen for those songs to come on. But I've listened to radio my entire life. You know, it's just uh, you get to know the personalities and the music. Uh, so always been a big fan. You know, you're listening to us right now. Talk to Keely Byers and and you didn't get the opportunity to hear what we talked about before this podcast. But she is really a fan of radio and loves the engagement and the audience and the power of local radio. It's it's part of the excitement of having her on to talk about how she's doing what she's doing. Let's talk about sales for a minute. I want to know, Keely, did you know early on that you wanted to be in sales? Uh, gosh, no, not at all. Actually, I went to college for manufacturing engineering, which could not be further from sales. But my family started a restaurant when I was about 17, and we still have this restaurant today. We managed several locations. I did that for about eight years. And then I decided that was never my dream. I went to work for my local newspaper in Lincoln, Lincoln Journal Star. And mm -hmm. I started in the circulation department, actually, uh, like distribution, logistics, that kind of thing. But then uh, several years later, I got the opportunity to do um you know, sales for subscribers and, oh. and, you know, retail outlets. And I loved it. Uh, and it wasn't until like 2006, 2007, where I moved to oversee my first advertising team. And I just found this real passion of working in sales and helping local businesses grow and, and be successful. And that was it for me. I've been in sales ever since. Okay, so so there's two windows, you know, when you first got into sales itself, whether it was subscribers or dealing with businesses directly, that tended to kind of excite you, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And yep. then when you started managing people, which I just wrote something about this, you know, when I was younger, I always thought that being a manager was about telling people what to do. And that could not be further from the truth, especially today. You know, it's about encouraging people and helping people move in a direction that helps them be successful. Uh, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Being a leader is more than, you know, telling people what to do. It's, it's encouraging them and, you know, delegating is such a huge part of that because mm -hmm. that's how they learn and it frees you up to learn more. And so, yeah, I always encourage new managers to really, 
you know, get comfortable with delegating and, and, um, and it's hard for some people. It is, it is hard. I mean, they, they, they want to have control of everything. And when you have control, Keely, I bet you will agree with this too. I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but when you are a really controlling person, you try to control everything, you cannot get larger. Right. Right. No, you can't. And I want to continue to learn and grow and, Mm -hmm. you know, helping the people that I work with learn and grow. It's such a rewarding thing, but it is hard to learn. Yes. Because you, because it's like having kids. It's like, you got to let go and let them make their (laughs) own mistakes. And it's so hard because, you you know, you want to help them. But sometimes, you know, it's like I'm reading the Elon Musk book right now, and he's big on blow stuff up, which we don't all get to do. Thank God. But uh, he is like failure is a part of getting to be successful. Right. Mm -hmm. So so listen, you were the general manager and advertising director of Lee Enterprises. Can you tell us about that job? Yeah, I loved it. Uh, It was at a time when the internet was developing, social media was being born, and we were just helping businesses navigate it all. It was, you know, it wasn't easy. Um, I remember a time when, you know, we were selling, we were talking to businesses about buying digital ads, and they didn't even have websites, you know, so it was a very educational time, I think, and mm-hmm. in the industry where we really had to take a step back, back and educate businesses on why they needed to uh, be in front of these digital audiences. And we were, we were learning too, you know, right. Because it was also new to everybody. Yes. Well, listen, I tell this to clients in a lot of different markets. I'm like, look today, your advertisers, are seeing people, maybe a local digital peer play or social media person, they have options and they want them. So, you know, being present in that space is really incredibly important. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, you know, training the sales teams to, you know, when mobile was emerging and Mm -hmm. businesses didn't quite really understand it because cell phones were just penetrating the market and smartphones were, you know, becoming so mainstream. But I told them just keep talking to the businesses about it because at some point they're going to be at their grandson's ball game and they're going to look around and everybody's going to be on their phone. And then they're going to be, ah, yeah, that's why I need to be on mobile, you know? So it just, it took time and education, but eventually it got easier. And today, what you just described is exactly what is occurring. Yeah, Listen, I, sure. I love this. You, you went to work in 2014. You know this is going to come up with Berkshire Hathaway Media in Charlottesville, Virginia, which was surprising to me. This was newspaper and the challenge of a bankrupt newspaper group, a nine newspaper group. What was that experience like? And good grief, what did you learn? Oh, it was hard. (laughs) We spent the first year just putting a team together and rebuilding the entire operation. Uh, But it was a lot of fun and a beautiful area to live in. I loved it there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I've always had a passion for local news. And uh, it was there that really taught me the importance of true journalism. We had some amazing stories while I was there. And, you know, I worked with an editor that was very much a... um, 
you know, a, a journalist at heart that wanted to go after the big stories. We were competing with, you know, the Washington Post and, you know, major newspapers in that market. Yeah. Yeah, so, but it, yeah, I know it was great, but it was really fun to watch. You know, when I first got there, the news team was, you know, creating stories for print and then they would dump everything online maybe the next morning. And it was really fun to watch the transformation of that digital first mentality and then right. really curating the best stories for print. Uh it was fun to watch the team just embrace it and grow and, you know, the readership grew along with it. So. It's, it's really exciting when you start to, you start to help people catch on to something and then they see it for themselves. And that sounds like what, that's what that situation was along with some other complications. I love how dynamic your career has been and how you seem to be unafraid of different challenges. Okay, so I, I tell clients all the time, something that's probably really familiar to you, many managers don't focus enough on sales and sales training, and that can be really tragic. And it's easy to fall prey to that temptation. In your opinion, what is the best sales training that someone could do with a local team? Yeah, I think sales training is so important. We spend a lot of our time these days training the local sales teams on digital that we forget sometimes to focus on, you know, like prospecting. It's really changed over the years with people working remotely. You know, you can't always just walk in and find a person. You know, you have to find ways to warm up leads, get their attention, you know, get in front of more people. And then just, you know, how do you put together a digital and traditional media schedule and, you know, closing the sale. Like we don't, we don't do a lot of that these days. And I think it's so important because well, and, and those are skills, really, right? Yeah, absolutely. And relationship, I don't care how you're doing it. Building that relationship is incredibly uh, critical, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you can't just sell to people these days. Okay. You, you have to, find ways to, you know, walk in the door and talk to them about life and not just always be selling. Right. Right. Which is tough, I think, because there's so much pressure to do the selling and you have to warm up that relationship or you've got nothing. Now, now look, Berkshire Hathaway takes you from Virginia to surprise, surprise, Omaha. You become <laughs> the VP of sales, digital services development, was this deep involvement with digital? Yeah, absolutely. I was brought to Omaha to help the team tra transform and grow digital revenue. They were struggling. And, you know, when I first arrived, and first of all, I, it was an honor to come back to my, you know, home state and work with the yes. state newspaper that I had grown up loving. And so, you know, it, it was a real honor to do that. But when I first got to Omaha, and and we still laugh about this today. If you know, if any of my coworkers, you know, hear this, they'll they'll laugh. But when I first got there, I asked some of the top sellers, I said, you know, why do you think that digital we aren't growing in digital like the rest of you know the 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 company or the nation? And one of the top sellers said, Because digital doesn't work here in Omaha. And I thought, well, you know, man, this is one of our top sellers, and this is what he thinks. 
So I started digging into what they were selling and they had been taught to add digital to print campaigns. So they were adding 30, 40,000 impressions to a print campaign over the course of a month. Well, mm-hmm. our Omaha.com got, you know, 20 million page views. So the share of voice and the frequency was never there. And so it didn't work. And so it really took, um, you know, us st- taking that step back and saying, okay, we have to sell campaigns that are going to work for our clients. And that will get the sales team to believe that what they are selling will truly help their customers. And so we started, we launched a fun sales contest. We did uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and put together millions of impressions to sell over the course of, you know, several months. And it really got the results that the reps were looking for. And they started to believe that this was a great audience to give to their advertisers. Well, listen, I'm going to ask this question. Do you think it's fear or fearful that you have to ask for enough money to do a good job? Do you think some sellers are like, ah, that might be too much money? Yeah, I do. I think that sometimes as sellers, uh, we go into a predetermined number. Yes. And we should be going into with what results do you want? How many leads do you want? You know, and work backwards from there. Because, you know, you and I were talking about this before the podcast, or, you know, if you see value in something, you You see what's going to get you results, then you're more likely to be open, you know, to whatever it is that that idea we're bringing you. 100%. You know, if people see that the value is more than what they're paying, they will never say a thing about the price. They will just make it occur. Um, listen, I, I love your experience, especially, and I think everybody can tell that by this point in the interview, transforming traditional media companies into digital. Can you talk about the challenges of doing that work? I feel like we're already sort of there, but just talk to us about the challenges of that. Uh, the ch- I mean, it it can be challenging because everybody's learning at a different rate. You know, there's some um, account reps that are coming along faster than others. We're also at a point in the market where it's pen- it's penetrated, right? Everybody's selling right. these products. And so teaching the sales staff that they can't just walk in the door and sell digital, they have to sell their ideas. And yes. you know, if they sell their ideas, the digital will come. And with digital, you can be so creative, you know, mm-hmm. there's so much you can do. And so teaching the sales staff to, you know, just like in radio that they, they've done this all these years, whether it's remotes or contests, sweepstakes, whatever it is, you can be so creative and that's what businesses need and want. Yes. And I feel like your on-air team can help with that creativity, if you will, or creativity widget. Uh, if you can get sales and programming to engage one another too. Absolutely. We just had a, uh, we called it like speed dating. We just had a um, round where all the talent came and spoke Mm -hmm. to the sales team about, you know, their shows, what they're, what, what they're passionate about ideas that they have. And I think it was just really healthy for the whole organization. Oh my God, that's so powerful when you do that inside a cluster of radio stations because everybody can see that creativity on display. 
You know, I, I thought for sure when I saw you in Omaha for the first time that this is how you ended up where you are. But look, the next turn of events in your career is something called Tap On It in Davenport, Iowa. This is a tech startup, if I'm reading this right. And, and look, you were the chief revenue officer. I told you that was going to come up. We all understand this expectation. I know a little bit about tech startups, and this is a bit like going out on the ledge. Can you please share your wisdom, which is probably hard earned from this time and what that job was like for you? Yeah, absolutely. So Tap On It is a multimedia texting technology. And it was founded by a woman named Katie Castile Wilson and her sister, Sarah. Uh, so Katie was the first digital rep that I hired in the Quad Cities when I worked for Lee. And her and I had worked together for seven years. And, you know, we went through that time where digital was evolving. We learned together. We shared, you know, so many experiences in helping local businesses um, that we just really, we loved working together. And when Katie started uh, Tap On It, uh, she got her first big investment and I went to work for her. And it was it was very humbling, I would say, going from, you know, working for a corporate company where, you know, I had probably 90 people that, that worked for me in, in Omaha. I had an assistant, you know, I had a lot of resources to going to a company that was, you know, a team of five and yes. we were we were building something from the ground up. You know, it's really easy to walk in and take over a company and make it, you know, improve it and help people learn and grow. But building from the ground up, it was like everything I had ever learned was useless. <laughs> you, know? It's, you know what? You're you're planting every brick and it's not yeah. the only job you're doing, right? And I don't know how many things I had to Google just, you know, like, what does that oh. mean? You know, what is that about? Right. You know, it was, right. but in the end, I mean, I'm still an investor in the company. I love the company. I love working with Katie and Sarah uh, and, you know, um, they're building something very, it's just brilliant. You know, they can send up to nine images in a text thread you know, and texting is so immediate. Uh, yes. It's it's really an untapped space. Uh, well, we all know that some people don't want to talk to you. They want to text. Right. And text, yeah. you know, advertising is such a, you know, it's such an untapped space, you know, and now yes. tap on it's working with brands like Fisher Price and USA Today. And it's just exciting to watch the company grow. But as much as I loved it there, I I made the decision to move back to Nebraska to be close. Okay, we're going to we're going to talk about that. Yeah, we're, we're, no, look, this was about your mom. Is that correct? Yeah, my mom, uh, you know, is going to turn 80 next year. And we have a small family. And I just decided that it was time to come home. Yes. All right. So after tap on it, you return to Omaha as the director of franchise performance at Hello Garage. You are a brave soul. You, I mean, <laughs> you are you are like, I want to be valuable. I want to do something interesting. And what I love about your career is the variety in your work experience. This has to be very valuable knowledge that you take with you into any job. How different was that job? from all the others? 
Yeah, it was very different. You know, when I was uh, looking for, you know, different opportunities, I mean, all of my career, I had been promoted and told, you know, where to go, right? You know, there's an opportunity in Virginia, there's an opportunity in Omaha. This was the first time that I took a step back and said, where do I want to work? What kind of work do I want to do? What kind of culture do I want to work for? And I found, you know, Hello Garage, uh, and it was very rewarding. Um, we were launching franchises all over the country, which is hard, right? You know, that's the entrepreneur, you know, like maybe they were an accountant and now they bought a business that they have to manage, you know, salespeople and production people. And by the way, they have to, you know, set up their own, you know, business um, with banks and loans and, you know, finances and, you know, where they were an expert in one space, we taught them to be an expert in all the spaces, you know, marketing. Well, because skills. you know, you know, from your own experience, they're going to be handling the bricks and yeah, doing a exactly. hundred other things. So being a part of a franchise, at least you have somebody that you can lean on, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was cool because, you know, I had the, the experience of starting a restaurant, uh, experience of helping local businesses with their marketing campaigns for all these years, and then going to a startup. So it really, it, it allowed me to bring all of that experience together and help these entrepreneurs start their own franchise. I don't think there is a tougher space than the restaurant business. And before we even go any further, I got to say, Where's your family restaurant that your family owns and what's the name of it? It's a Patty's pub in Lincoln, Nebraska. It's an oh. Irish pub and we are, I don't know, 34 years we've been going. So we have a great group of employees that just takes really good care of the place and the customers. And, you know, you should come and visit Lloyd. Absolutely. You know, especially around St. Patty's Day, right? Oh, so, absolutely. So, so listen, today you have a full on job in the radio business. You are the general manager, market manager, however you'll call it, for NRG Media in Omaha. Can you tell us about your individual stations? Yeah, we have seven stations in our group and we range from sports talk to news talk to pop, Latino, uh, you know, anything that, that any listener could want, we have it. We have a diverse group and it's really um it's really great because we can we can reach audiences that are very different uh and achieve goals for our advertisers in in any of those spaces. You know, I'm especially enamored with how do you encourage your people to sell all the different things that you have and how productive are you in the sports talk space? Well, our sports talk, uh, we uh, we are very productive. We have um, a, a whole day of local talent shows that are, you know, streamed. We have podcasts. We have, uh, we call it the Zone TV. Uh, and our reach is incredible. You know, our audience is incredible. The phone calls that we get, the recognition that we get uh, is is incredible. So we're very fortunate to have that, but we have local talent on all of our stations, which mm -hmm. in this, you know, uh, 
in this day and age, not everybody can say that. And so it's something we're really proud of. It's something we really cherish and it's great for the Omaha community. Yeah. You know, you and I were talking before we started with the podcast and now it sounds like we have another show, but we don't. That was just before the podcast. We were talking about the trust level at radio that doesn't exist on television, doesn't exist in social media and digital per se, doesn't exist uh, in newspaper for sure. And it comes down to these personalities and their relationship and the trust that they have with the audience, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The the bond that the listeners make with the local talent is it's just unique, right? It's you're, you're listening to these people every day. You're sharing your life with them. You're, you're getting to know them like they're a friend and you trust right. them. Right. And, and I'm sure in Omaha, that local thing is huge because you oh. just know more. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. So are you able to bring all of these different experiences? Again, I love the diversity of the things that you are willing to engage in and excited to engage in. And now you're you're sitting in a radio cluster and helping your team do this. Are you able to bring all those experiences together for your radio team in Omaha now? Yeah, it it has been really great to be back in media and radio is just fun. Like we have fun every day. And just the connection that we make with listeners and helping local businesses, uh, I just feel very fortunate to be in a position where we can do that. Absolutely. So, I, you know, we talk about radio a lot, and your background is in so many things, and this is your experience in the radio business now. What do you like about radio's opportunities today? Ah, uh, yes, growing our audiences. So we are very focused uh, here in Omaha on meeting people where they're at, like whether it's podcast, streaming, video, uh, social, there are just so many ways to connect with people today. We, we're just so focused on growing email, texting, like our team has so many deep relationships in the community. Yes. You know, I mean, if we continue to grow those local audiences, you know, I always I always said that, you know, we have a duty to help local businesses be successful. You know, any media company really does because I don't, you know, I don't want to live in a world and I'm sure you don't either Lloyd, where you can only eat at Applebee's or shop at Target. You know, these local businesses need our audiences more than ever because they, they need our help more than ever. You know, they navigating things today is way harder than it used to be 20 years ago. And, you know, these local businesses, give so much back to the community, whether it's jobs or taxes or, you know, helping our schools stay strong or roads get built, you know, they're so important. And, you know, we, the more we can grow our audiences and get listeners, the more we can help the whole community. That's right. And the stronger the community becomes, you know, especially if you're doing work with economic development groups and, Mm -hmm and other networkers, and I'm sure that you are. Let's talk about the future a little bit. If you you could be in control, Keely, what do you think you would like to see the future of local radio be? Uh, We 
boy, if I could be in control, the future of local radio, I, I think, I think we are at a really exciting time, kind of like when the internet was emerging, mm-hmm. things are really, technology is really starting to change with AR, VR, AI, you know, I think the term now is mixed reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's exciting because it gives us even more ways to grow our audiences. And I honestly, I can see our personalities in a virtual world where, you know, you have a remote now and you can get two or 300 people to join you. We just had a, a pink party because uh, pink was in town and we had 300 people come join us at the remote and that's incredible, right? That's, you, you know, we can, but like virtually we're going to have thousands join us yes. and being able to host a, a, you know, a gathering of people that know our talent and maybe introduce a show, or maybe we help local businesses navigate the metaverse, you know, what, whatever it is, we have to, as media stay current, embrace those new technologies and help help everyone you know find us and help local businesses navigate it i mean it's like i said it's just like when the internet was emerging we have a new world of, uh, ahead of us and it's exciting Kelly, I'm, i love that your attitude seems to be really similar to mine and some new technology comes along some new way of doing something i don't see that as much as oh, that's something else that competes with us. Of course, that occurs when other people are on another team doing something, sure. But radio can use these things with our own creativity. And we already have a big platform to create uh, the frequency to create the engagement, right? Absolutely, yeah. Keely, I, you know, I really thank you for spending this time with us and being our guest on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, I've I've looked forward to this for a long time. Well, thanks for having me, Lloyd. You bet. Listen, please don't take for granted what we're doing here and help us by sharing this episode. You can do that directly from our website at rainmakerpathway.com. Look for where it says the free stuff and you click on that and you will see that this episode will pop up right there. You can share it, the link at the top uh, with others who are interested in growing their career in radio and audio. This episode of the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast is designed like the other 130 plus that are already in our archive to encourage radio pros at all levels. Speaking of encouragement, we have a quarterly sales event on our podcast that's free and open to anybody who is interested in growing their sales in the radio business. October 12th, we call this Q4 event Salesperson Momentum. Remember, this isn't a seminar or a pitch. We are actively involved in encouraging local radio sellers and anyone can listen in. October 12th, we'll be joined by sales consultant Chris Fleming of CB Media Consulting, Chris Bullock, who is the GM for Saga in Springfield, and John Mesh, who is with the West Texas Radio Group in Midland, Odessa, Texas. We're going to talk about a lot of things while a lot of people are looking at how they can engineer a soft landing for 2023. We're actually sort of focusing on the expected need for a faster start for 2024, October 12th, that evening. 
and on demand after that. We want to thank our special guest today, Keely Byers, who is the market manager, general manager of NRG Media in Omaha, Nebraska. A very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which we make available moments after we do this live interview. Thanks to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. Now, we say this all the time on the podcast. I say it to clients regularly. Once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. If you've got any question about what this philosophy means, reach out to me personally. It is my passion to share this philosophy, and I'd love to prove it to clients every day. F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. Please remember, if you don't remember anything else from this podcast episode, be kinder than you have to be. Thanks for being a part of the Radio Rally with the Encouragers. Now go make it a great week and local radio.